Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the award-winning movie, Poor Things, starring Emma Stone, Mark Ruffalo, and Willem Dafoe. Check out the new documentary, Freaknik, The Wildest Party Never Told, about the iconic Atlanta street party. And don't miss FX's Shogun, a reimagining of the epic tale starring Anna Sawai. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. Quality sleep is essential for boosting energy, recovery, and well-being. So, take your sleep to the next level with Sleep Number. With a Sleep Number smart bed, you can individualize your comfort level and enjoy a better sleep night after night. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599, a saving of $300, only for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi, everybody. I'm Oliver. I became a millionaire and my toxic parents got what they deserved. You know, in movies or fairy tales, the story often ends with a happy ending. Unfortunately, life is different. As my mother used to say to me one last time, life is a slide up and down. There was some truth in her words, only I did not think about it until I fell in love. Everything in my life, as I pointed out, has been fine. I have money, lots of money. I have not denied myself anything and yet remained free. You may ask where did I get my money from? After I punished my parents, their former business passed into my hands. Luckily, I already had an idea of how to run it, so things got even better after I took over my father's position as CEO. At my age, I was the youngest executive in the company, and that didn't stop me from making money. It's not for nothing that they say all dreams come true in America, right? I rarely remembered my parents, I visited even less often and no, I didn't feel sorry for them because everything they did to me amounted to torture. I will tell you exactly what they did and where they are. I don't think you have a clue and couldn't ever guess. In addition to work, I have also attended group therapy sessions on living out resentment and negativity with my parents. Yes, unfortunately, there are always consequences. At one of these meetings, a girl came to my attention. She introduced herself as Sarah. She was peerless, so beautiful and shy. Truly, her face was so familiar, but I couldn't figure out where I had seen her. I loved catching her gaze. In a couple of therapy sessions, she told me about her horrible past relationship with her abusive boyfriend. I felt genuinely sorry for her. I felt she didn't deserve such a humiliating relationship. After class was over, we all went out for a coffee break, as is tradition but she was standing on the sidelines. I went over to her and got her a latte with sugar syrup. She thanked me so sweetly. I was crying so hard during the story. I'm embarrassed now. Come on, everyone cries here. It's normal. 
They teach us that here. Good thing you didn't see me crying, or I'd have been even more embarrassed. Thanks. Why do you come here? Oh, I'm sorry, I probably shouldn't ask that. No, no, we share everything here. Like our mentor says, it's a safe space to talk. My parents, they're tyrants. They made my life a living hell, and I still have nightmares about them punishing me for every mistake. It was like this. My father and mother thought that since I was born a boy, I could be pushed around. I had no privacy, and for every mistake I made, I was whipped with a belt. Or rather, first it was a belt, then sticks, dishes, and anything else they could get their hands on. My father said it was the only way to raise my manhood, but in fact, I had six broken arms and legs, and once almost broke my neck while he was beating me on the head. Sarah listened to me with her mouth open and then started crying again and expressing sympathy. Then the mentor came over and said the two of us were having a very nice little whisper, but it was time to join in. Afterwards, we walked out of there and I invited Sarah into the restaurant. It seemed like I wanted to chat with her some more. When we left the restaurant, we decided to take a walk, but on our way, we met some not very cultured passers-by. One of them came up to me. I couldn't help but respond, as there was a girl next to me. I got punched in the face for my lame blow and immediately fell to the ground. The other three surrounded Sarah. While I tried to get up, she put them all down. <laughs> wow, I didn't think managers fought like that. Well, sometimes you have to stand up for yourself. I looked at her and was very happy. Later, we started dating. And one day, we went to my house, ordered a pizza and watched some crap. Sarah hugged me and asked, So, where are my parents? They're in jail. Really? Yeah, they've been there for a couple of years. Why, did you put them in jail? Yeah, I just raided the business. I knew my dad was doing drugs with my mum in the office, so there you go. And since I was already an adult, I just took it all over myself. So don't you feel sorry for them? No, they didn't pity me and I'm not sorry. I had just gotten a new slice of pizza when the door to my house burst open. I almost choked with fear. My guards were out and my hands were shaking. I took Sarah's hand and hid it behind me. Two masked men ran into the house, one of them demanding we kneel down. We got up. I began to ask them not to kill. What do you want? I'll give you everything. Her over here! He pointed at Sarah and she cried. No, please don't hurt her. This way! Sarah went to them and I didn't know what to do out of frustration. The other man presented a knife to her throat and then they took off their masks and I was dumbfounded. Mum? Dad? Long time no see, son. How are you doing here? Give me a pizza. What are you doing here? You don't look happy with us, do you? We've been having a hard time. You didn't even come to see me and Dad. Too bad. What do you want? To take back everything you took from us. But I'm afraid you'll have to pay for the years we spent in jail too. You're going to jail. Along with you. Why is that? Because we'll kill your girlfriend and say you did it. You'll have a knife in your hand and we'll call the cops here ourselves. Mum presented to Sarah's throat even harder. She screamed. My heart was breaking. I couldn't let anything happen to her because of me. I screamed no and asked them to put the knife down, promising to do whatever they wanted. My father demanded all the deed transfer documents, real estate and chattels. I signed everything. Yes, it upset me, but I couldn't do otherwise. Sarah screamed at me not to do it, but no, I had no other choice. That's nice, son. When did you become a man? While you were asleep in the bunkhouse. My father slapped me in the face. I got back on my knees and squinted at him. You know what the beauty of prison is? You get good at remembering faces, even the first time. It becomes your hobby. What's your point? Sarah, does she remind you of anyone? 
Mum put her hair back together in a ponytail and put a beanie on top. And a memory came flooding back to me. When I went to see my parents for the first time about business, they were always accompanied by an escort. It was her. Mum let go of Sarah and she laughed. Yeah, you're dumber than I thought. No, 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 are you in on it? And how did you think they were going to get out of here? She and I will split your money, don't worry, you've tripled our fortune, son. Now the business is under our left names and Sarah, our key to everything. I was so angry and broken at the same time, I wanted to attack them, but my dad knocked me out. I woke up to police officers slapping me in the face. They brought me to consciousness and then arrested me. At the station they told me I was charged with assault. Who? I was the one who was assaulted. Who? My parents. We ran your parents, Charles and Anna not. Yes, they were running away and they were in my house. We checked that too, but they never left the building. There's a log. It's a fake. They have an accomplice. She works there. Who? That's her? They pointed me to Sarah, who was beaten beyond recognition. Her face, it was bloody. I screamed that it was a setup, that I hadn't touched her. And you know what they told me? Sarah reported me to the police saying that I had beaten her, robbed her, and molested her. It wasn't me. It was a setup. It was my parents. Yeah, bravo. I can still hear my father and mother laughing in my ears. But you know whose is the loudest? It's my girlfriend's voice. Well, there you go. I'm in jail. They're making the case to court. What about Sarah? I haven't seen her since. From what I hear, she's been in this business a long time. Doing business with businessmen. Becoming their right-hand man. Screwing over whoever they want. So I got caught in her trap. Wish me luck. There's another hearing coming up. And I'll have to meet my parents again. Ever feel like someone's always watching you? You know the feeling, but when you turn around, nobody's there? Well, I get that feeling all the time. I don't even know when it started. All I know is that I've been starting to notice them when I began working for Elaine. I met her during a job fair. Our high school had a booth, and we were there so that us kids could learn what kinds of careers we could go into in the future. I was a computer whiz, and so I knew I wanted to be in an exciting startup or multi-billion dollar firm in Silicon Valley. I didn't even bother looking at the brochure Elaine gave me when I heard her company was offering a position as a back-end developer for a private investigator agency. I was voted most likely to take over Google, and I guess that went to my head a little. But months later, when I failed to secure a position at all the major companies in Silicon Valley, I was brought low. I guess you could say I was humbled. I didn't know the screening process and the requirements would be that stringent, and I didn't want to disappoint my family and my school, so I was seriously considering going to college even though I didn't want to. But then I realized how much money it would cost, and my parents weren't well off at all. I didn't want to work my whole life paying for student loans either, so after weighing my options, I instead applied for a tiny startup at some guy's basement. Their letter arrived the same day that I got a weird envelope from Elaine's private investigator firm. Once again, she offered me a job. She said she had been following my career as an amateur hacker. She must have Googled that I had participated in some hackathons in the state. Uh, I ignored her letter again, and I was about to actually sign my new contract with that startup when I took a glance at Elaine's letter and saw something I didn't even notice. At the very bottom of the letter, she wrote a number. I thought it was a phone number at first, so I didn't even see it. But the reason why it looked like a phone number was because of the amount of zeros. She was offering to pay me five times more than I would make at that startup. My hands began to tremble. I had to dial her number three times because I couldn't stop shaking from nervousness. Uh, hello? 
Henry, I've been waiting for your call. I'm glad you reached out. Uh, hi, Miss Elaine. I, I think there was an error in the letter you sent me. There seems to be too many zeros on this figure. Elaine laughed, and I only then noticed that she had such a beautiful voice. Oh, no, dear. That's what you'll be making if you work for us. There was no error. I couldn't believe my ears. I had to double check. No, triple check. Uh, are you sure? A and and it it'll be in my contract, right? <laughs> of course, sweetheart. Your contract's already drafted and waiting for you to sign it. I felt like I was floating. I felt like I won the lottery. Uh, when can I start? Come in at nine in the morning tomorrow. We wear ties here, so look sharp. You don't have to bring anything. The company will provide you with whatever you need. Laptops, servers, and however many monitors you want. I, I, I look forward to seeing you, Miss Elaine. Uh, th thank you so much for this, this, this opportunity. Just call me Elaine. I'm only a few years older than you, after all. I didn't get to sleep that night. I tried, but I was buzzing with excitement. It felt like electricity was rushing through my body. When the clock hit seven, I got up, made myself breakfast, and got ready. I brushed my teeth twice, just to make sure, and I made my way to my new office. It was lucky that I decided to leave an hour earlier, because I had no idea where it was. The place was so tucked away in the middle of Chinatown that you wouldn't have guessed that such a fancy place was in there. The door was this tiny gate that didn't even have a sign. I only found out because I saw someone go in with a package that had the same logo as Elaine's letterhead. The gate led to a narrow alley, which led to a staircase, and when I went up, I realized that the agency was on top of the Chinese restaurant that I stood in front of for a good ten minutes. I guess for a private investigator agency, it really fit the bill. Only, you'd have to be an investigator as well if you wanted to find their offices. Elaine introduced me to my new colleagues. It was a small team. There were maybe four investigators, two clerks, an accountant, and me, the tech guy. But for some strange reason, there were always men and women. Some of them dressed in suits, the other wearing anything from mailman uniforms to gardener's outfits. They would all go through that one strange door at the end of the hall. But then I'd never see them come out. Miss Elaine, what's that door? Oh, that? It's not important. It's some other company. And that was the end of that. I sensed that Elaine wasn't going to tell me more, so I didn't press. The company gave me everything I wanted. When I wanted a new server room installed, they tore down an entire office for me and put in the best equipment and climate control that money could buy. Elaine bought me three laptops, all sporting the absolute latest GPUs that weren't even on the market yet. I coded software for the investigators to use. I developed apps for surveillance and communications. I programmed the software for their bugging and camera technologies that they used in the field. I was even able to create a program that made it easier for them to track a person's whereabouts without installing a tracker. With my work, Elaine's company was able to easily identify and find missing persons and other people who were on the run. I'm sure I'll get in trouble for saying this, but when we badly needed to find someone, I would hack into the street cameras in the city's CCTV network, and then I would use my very own facial recognition software to quickly rifle through millions of frames to find them. For the nastier persons of interest, I would fish them. Sometimes it'd be an official-looking announcement or someone trying to tell them they'd want something. We got the bad guys every single time. 
My desk was massive, and I had six monitors. I felt like the real deal. But that was when the strange occurrences began. One time, when I was standing by the water cooler waiting for my turn, the hairs on the back of my neck picked up. I quickly looked behind me and saw that the camera CCTV was staring right at me. I stared into it, confused. I swear that thing's looking at me. Uh, sorry, what? I looked back at the camera, only to find it facing the other direction. I shook my head in confusion. Nothing. I was just imagining things. It didn't stop there, though. There were times when I'd be the only one left in the office, and I'd get that feeling again. The one where you feel someone's looking at you. But when I looked outside the windows, when I checked every room in the office, there was nobody else. One evening, I had to run out of there, because all the cameras in the room began pointing towards me. It was so creepy. But even at home, I didn't feel safe. I would lay awake at night just listening to the noises because I felt like someone was following me. One time, I swear I heard a camera click, but when I looked outside my window, there was nothing. Just an owl sitting on a tree. Some days, I would wear dark sunglasses, wear hats, and the most boring of jackets just to blend into the crowd and avoid someone following me or recognizing me. Once, I could have sworn I caught someone with a camera following me. And that was when I began having my theories. I'd always wondered why I felt so special, why my life was like a movie, like it was all fake. And then I realized it is. My life is probably a movie, and that was why there were cameras following me. Another theory I had was that the government was watching me. It kept me up at night. They probably know that I was hacking into their systems for our company, and I was so scared that they'd one day jump out of the bushes and arrest me. My last theory was a bit more far-fetched, but if it wasn't either of the first two, I thought it would be that. I theorized that I was living in a simulation. It was probably why things felt too easy, and maybe that door at the back of the office was a glitch. People kept going in, but they never came out. And then there was Elaine's office. I knew that glass panel was a two-way mirror. I could tell. So one random day, I decided to find out for myself. What was in her office? Was it just a normal office? Was it a producer's room for my life's movie? Were the government agents hiding there? Or was it just a bunch of wires supporting our simulation life? All I knew is that that secretive room had all the answers. So I got up from my desk and opened the door. My colleagues all stood up at the same time and tried to stop me, but it was too late. In that room was Elaine. There were hundreds of monitors. The largest of them showed my empty desk. There were at least 20 of them showing various areas of my house. One of them was walking through a crowded street. Another was just outside the Chinese restaurant. I, I knew it. They were producing the movie of my life. I was so ready to blurt it out when Elaine panicked and confessed to everything. I... I'm so sorry. I brought you here because I have a huge crush on you. I, I wanted to know your every move, but I couldn't bring up the courage to tell you. I've been watching you since we met on that hackathon five years ago. I'm calling the cops. Please, please don't. It's all my fault, but please, I'll lose my job. Finally, I had something to bargain with. I'd wanted to know what that door at the end of the hall was, and Elaine finally confessed. Our agency was fake. The door at the end of the hall was the entrance to a secret government facility. They enter at the door and come out of a tunnel two blocks away. And all this time, I had been working as a spy. No wonder I was earning so much. Elaine was my handler, and after that day, she finally took me through that door. And I became a real spy.
Now, Elaine and I work on international cases. I still catch her watching me sometimes, but it doesn't bother me anymore. Especially now that she's my girlfriend. My name is Alan. I have a wife and two young daughters. I'm just an ordinary man who has a boring office job. But what I'm about to tell you is something incredible. For this story, I need you to open your mind as much as you can. I won't judge you if you don't believe me. To tell you the truth, if my family hadn't gone through what I have, I wouldn't believe myself either. It all started when we moved into this house where my parents had lived all their lives. My mother had recently passed away and the house was uninhabited. We decided that what she would have wanted was for us to live there, to fill the house with new and beautiful memories with her granddaughters. What we didn't know was that we were not going to be alone. At first, we only heard strange noises in the house. The children would tell me that they saw people walking around at night, that the doors would open and close by themselves, or that the doorbell would ring by itself. I can't deny the noises, but the kids had never lived in a big house, so the rest was probably a product of their imagination. After a while, even I could deny what was happening. Doors opened and closed on their own without the slightest drop of air running through the house. The faucets opened and some rooms were freezing in the middle of summer. All this would have been enough for me to leave except for one detail. I was sure that the presence that inhabited the house was my mother. At first, I was afraid, but eventually I began to hear someone humming a familiar song. It was the same one my mother used to sing to me when I was little. My family didn't seem very convinced of this, but I convinced them by making them see what was going on in the house had never hurt any of us in any way. Everything was fine for a while. We tried to get used to what was going on, but things started to get worse. Some dishes started flying dangerously against us. The kids felt constantly watched, and even I started to get a strange feeling that something bad was going to happen. Was my mom mad about something? Or was there something else in the house? We had only one way to find out. Ask her. The day we chose to do it was Halloween, since that was the night when all the spirits are most active and all the paranormal activity increases. We bought an Ouija board with my wife and no one looked at us worried. Apparently, everyone bought them for this date. When the night came, the girls went to a friend's house to spend the night and ask for candy. So the house was only for me, my wife, and my brother, who proposed to help us with the process. Playing with the Ouija board on Halloween. How fitting, right? Make one more joke and I'll go trick-or-treating with the girls. <laughs> Mothers-in-law are really scary, aren't they? <laughs> Without further words, we started to play. We started asking her simple questions like if there was someone on the other side or if she lives with us in the house. But when we asked her if she was my mother, the board went to no and the mood changed immediately. Alan, it said no. Is my mother with you? Well, can we talk to her? Alan, I don't like this. We should get going. What do you want from us? B. L. O. Oh. D. Before I could say anything, the board shook much harder and suddenly it launched itself at me. 
To hell with saying goodbye! Let's go! My brother screamed in terror as we all started to run. The house began to shake and all the paintings fell down. We reached the exit door and everyone ran to the car, but I stopped. Behind me, I heard my mother humming the lullaby. Alan, what the hell are you doing? Let's go! No, I have to check to see if I see my mom. Wait for me! I promise I'll be right back! Just let it be! That is not mom! Without hearing them yelling at me to come back, I went back into the house. Maybe it sounds crazy. Hell, it was probably crazy. But I wanted to hold on to the slim chance of seeing her again one last time. I went into the room where we played Ouija, and the light in the next room, the kitchen, began to flicker. I stood in the dining room looking at her, and there she was. My mom, upon seeing me, stopped humming the song. I was about to hug her, but I felt something strange that prevented me from going. But at the same time, my body was totally paralyzed, and I could only stand there looking at her. She never was, just something that played with me from the beginning. I got in the car crying, and as Cheryl was scolding me, I looked at the window of the house, and standing in it was my mother standing there, greeting me with a huge smile. Her eyes and mouth were cooked as she finished waving at me. Her face was shaking, like the monster I had seen in the kitchen. Several months passed since everything happened. After my brother put us up in his house, we were able to raise the money to move out on our own again. We did not suffer any paranormal event again, nor did we try to sell that house. We do not wish that nightmare on anyone else. From now on, no more ghosts. I will only spend time with my wife and daughters. It's what my mother would have wanted. You mean blood? What the you want? <laughs> Hello, man. Oh my God, Toby! <laughs> Hey guys, I hope you're enjoying the video. If so, please leave a like. And also, a small percentage of people that watch my videos are actually subscribed. If you want to support this channel and make this channel reach the 1 million mark, please consider subscribing. It's free and you can change your mind later. Enjoy. This incident happened one Halloween night. Since then, I have stopped celebrating Halloween in my house. My wife and I couldn't have children of our own. Hence, we generally had a soft corner for kids. My wife, Samara, would buy lots and lots of candies before every Halloween to give to the neighborhood kids. So this one Halloween, we went to the supermarket to pick up groceries and candies. While returning home, we saw cop cars in front of our neighbor's house. Feeling curious, I stopped the car. Oh, I think something bad has happened here. So many cops here. Look, the paramedics are coming too. My wife pointed out the ambulance coming our way and I realized the gravity of the situation. A group of people were decorating the streets for Halloween, but now they were all gathered around the house watching the scene with us. Two cops came out of the house and we heard a woman's shrill cry. 
Oh God, my son, my poor Liam. Oh God, I want him back. I want him back, please. We saw our neighbor, Mr. Dempsey, trying his best to hold his paranoid wife. Miss Dempsey was out of control. She was screaming and crying like hell. The paramedics went in. The paramedics went in and took out a smaller boy that was wrapped in black polythene. It wasn't hard to tell from the size of the boy that it belonged to a child. The cops took away the body and Mr. and Miss Dempsey went to the paramedics. My wife and I were still standing there with no clue whatsoever. When we saw two men coming our way, I asked one of them. Excuse me, what happened here? Oh, don't ask, man. Poor Dempsey's. They lost their child before Halloween. What? Why? What happened? Uh, the seven-year-old son was playing in the basement when he accidentally locked himself inside an old cupboard. Mr. and Mrs. Dempsey were upstairs in the kitchen when they called out to their son for dinner and he didn't show up. They felt weird and went down to check on him. They searched the entire basement but couldn't find him. That's horrifying. How did they find him then? Well... Mrs. Dempsey saw a piece of blue cloth peeking out from the cupboard door. She opened it, and then found the poor, lifeless kid inside the cupboard. Samara got emotional, and I too felt extremely bad for the Dempseys. No pain in this world could surpass the pain of losing your child. We came home, and Samara didn't talk the entire afternoon. She just sat on our porch and watched the neighbors dressing up for Halloween. Once the sun went down... Kids started to come out of their houses wearing all kinds of spooky costumes. They went door to door asking for candies. No matter how disheartened we were, we still got up, brought our candy bowls, and gave them to all the kids who came trick-or-treating. You know, Jonah, I just realized something today. Samara said while closing the door after distributing the last bit of candies to a group of kids. What's that, hun? It's good that we don't have kids. At least I don't have to be afraid of losing them. I just can't imagine what pain Mrs. Dempsey is going through right now. I could see her teary eyes. I hugged her and kissed her on the forehead. Come on, let's go to bed. You need to sleep. That poor kid. We went upstairs. I stood in front of the bedroom window for a while. The entire neighborhood had gone quiet by the time. All the kids were back home. Every house was glittering with lights and candles placed inside pumpkin heads except the Dempsey's. Their house was in complete darkness. Heaving a sigh of sorrow, I went to bed too. I don't remember when I fell asleep, but suddenly, a noise woke me up. Rubbing my eyes, I got up on the bed and heard that noise again. Someone was knocking on the door. I looked at the clock. It was 2.30 in the morning. Samara was deeply asleep. I came downstairs and opened the door. To my surprise, a kid was standing on my porch. A boy wearing a blue t-shirt and white shorts. He kept his head down so I couldn't see his face. Hey kiddo, why are you out so late? Do your parents know you're here? No. The kid's voice sounded so weird to my ears. Also, the fact that he was dressed so casually startled me a bit. After all, it was Halloween and this kid was not in a costume. I asked again. Are you alright? As the kid lifted his head. I almost got a heart attack. His face was pale like a blank sheet, and his eyes were completely black, darker than the darkness. Whoa, you look pretty spooky. This was a good idea for a Halloween costume, though. I'm hungry. Can I have some candies? He opened his palm, saying this. 
You're a little late, buddy, but uh, let me see what I can do. Wait here, okay? The kid tilted his head to the right and just stood that way like a statue. I thought to myself that this kid not only nailed his Halloween look, but also acted scarily. I went to check the fridge and found a half-eaten chocolate bar. I grabbed it and came back to the door to give it to the kid, but he was gone. Thinking the kid had gotten inside, I quickly turned around and said, Hey, I have some chocolate for you. Take it and go home. Your parents must be worried. But the kid was nowhere to be seen. I was contemplating what just happened when I heard chuckling and running footsteps in our basement. I opened the basement door and yelled. Come out of there, kiddo. It's too late to play here. Come on, let me take you home. I can't see. It's so dark in here. Just like last time. I turned on the basement light, but shockingly, it didn't turn on. I remember very well that the light was working just fine in the afternoon. Thinking the kid might get scared down there, I grabbed a small flashlight and started walking down the basement stairs. Two white bedsheets were hanging on the wire at the end of the basement. As I flashed my light at the gap between those sheets, I saw the kid standing there and staring at me with a creepy big smile. Okay, time to go home now. Saying this, I walked to the bedsheets, and as I moved them to catch the kid, the hair at the back of my neck stood up. I found myself standing alone in the basement. It was as if the kid just vanished in thin air. There was no one. I repeat, no one behind those sheets. A chilling wind turned the atmosphere around me cold. That's when I heard the chuckle once again. Turning around, I now saw the kid standing right behind me. Blue veins had appeared on his pale face, and the black thick liquid was dripping down from his eyes. He snatched the chocolate bar from my hand, and I felt his touch. His hands were colder than ice. What? Who are you? I am Liam Dempsey. Can you take me home now? I think I'm lost. Can you help me? <laughs> oh my god! That's it. I don't remember after that. I fainted, and Samara found me in the basement when she came looking for me in the morning. She was surprised and kept asking me why I was sleeping on the basement floor the entire night. But I couldn't tell her what I saw. I often heard about these black-eyed kids, but it was my first time with a real one. I don't know why poor Liam turned into a black-eyed kid, but I think the fact that he died in darkness somehow made him look that way. What do you think? Do you really know how much a traumatic situation can break a child? Sometimes it's hard to admit, but my own father is a disgusting monster. When I was young, although he was never particularly fond of me, he didn't treat me bad either. On the other hand, with my sister, that man was different. Ever since Jane was born, six years after me, our father was always very close to her, pampering and overprotecting her all the time. Our mother thought she was just daddy's spoiled daughter. But two years ago, we found out what he was really doing to her at the time. Something that shouldn't be done to a child. Soon, mom denounced him, and so he left our lives. But my sister 
had already been very affected. As a 10-year-old girl, Jane suffered from fits of rage and was very emotionally dependent on her family. More on me than her mother. She didn't like to play with other children or leave the house. In fact, when she saw another man, she would start screaming. For two years, Jane had been receiving therapy. She had even changed her psychologist several times. But her case was progressing slowly. Still, our mom didn't want my sister to be given any kind of medication. Adam! I'm here, in the kitchen. Uh, what's going on? Why didn't you wake me up? You're having breakfast without me? Oh, chill out. Even though I asked her to, her angry expression didn't change. You were sleeping so peacefully, I, I didn't want to... Anyway, I, I prepared your food, okay? Do you like leaving me alone? You know I don't. I, I just did it to let you rest, I think. Right. I needed to rest, because today is Halloween. But you don't even like to go out. I'll wait all night for you to bring me my candy. <laughs> uh... It was common for me to do that on Halloween. And in fact, I like to bring her candy to make her happy. But that year, I had different plans. I'm sorry, little one, but tonight I won't be able to make it. But what about my candy? I'll buy you some tomorrow. It's not the same. What are you going to do then, huh? The truth was that, weeks ago, my best friend Billy had invited me and Emma, another friend, to a Halloween party. Are you going out with Emma? I'm going out with my friends. It'll just be this time, okay? In the evening that same day, I was ready. I had disguised myself as a skeleton. In fact, I was truly satisfied with my appearance. A short time later, I received a message from Emma. I'm outside your house, it said, since we had planned to go to Billy's Halloween party together. As I opened the front door of my house. <laughs> Looks good on you. I was going to say exactly the same. <laughs> Luckily, the abandoned house where Billy had planned to have the party wasn't too far away, but we had to cross a path through the woods. After a while, we arrived at an old building. It's pretty obvious it's here, isn't it? I mean, I can't remember the last time I heard so much noise. Oh, shut up. Let's have some fun. My friend took me by the hand, and together we ran towards the place. Arriving at the front door, she rang the bell. Soon, Billy opened it. Man, you came! Hey! Let's get to the point, Billy. Where are the drinks? Follow me! Oh. Can you check that, Adam? I'll be right back. I didn't mind helping him, so I turned and walked to the door. Huh? But there's no one... <laughs> Shit! As a reflex action, I had moved away. But I went back to the door as soon as the bell rang again. What the hell? A, a fucking mask? The stranger stood still for a few seconds, until suddenly they launched towards the doorbell camera. Stop it already! <laughs> What's up, Adam? I thought you were going to open the door. It was a kid making a joke. If you say so, come on! Don't you want to dance with Emma? I put aside what had happened and walked over to my friend, who was already dancing in the crowd. Adam! I joined her, which really relaxed me, as moving my body to the music with, was quite fun. Until I saw that person again. The broken doll was now inside the house, separated from the other people. What's wrong? I think there is a child at the party. A child? <laughs> In the blink of an eye, my friend's expression changed to one of fear. 
Uh. Emma? When she fell to the ground, I could see that she had a knife stuck in her torso. Uh. Emma! Uh. Billy, come here! My friend came after a few seconds when the people around were realizing what was happening. Shh! What happened? I... I don't know. What the fuck are you waiting for? Call an ambulance! I took my cell phone out of one of my pants pockets, but I couldn't concentrate. I, I can't do anything with such loud music! Well then go upstairs, genius! It didn't take me long to walk among the people until I reached the stairs of the house and went up to the second floor. I typed the emergency number and was about to call. Adam. What? The broken doll was there, coming up the stairs in an oddly wobbly way. Did you like what I did to Emma? What the? My heart started beating fast when I saw the person had a knife in their hand, so I decided to run along a hall, enter a room, and lock the door. Adam, I need you. I could barely see in there. What the heck? What the heck? You are there, aren't you? Get out! I need you! Is, it, is this a fucking joke? I'm calling the police! The police? What for? Forget that, I need you! Let's go for my candy together! My skin got goosebumps the moment I realized. Jane? I'm not afraid to go out anymore. I can take care of anyone who wants to hurt me. <laughs> you saw it yourself. My sister was too young to go to jail, and broken enough to be sent to a mental hospital. So that's where she is now. After the attack, I did my best to apologize to Emma. But that didn't make it any better, as it had been too traumatic for everyone involved. Sometimes it's hard to admit, but I don't miss Jane. Let me tell you a secret. I have remained on my own for the past 10 years or so. I may have had a girlfriend here and there, but I mostly remained alone in my apartment for all this time. No friend, no contact. Yet I had no idea that this would put the conditions for a life that I never imagined possible. For 10 years, I've worked hard, not taking a holiday, remaining alone with my computer, trying to hustle and make it. I eventually became close to a millionaire and I bought my own apartment. It's a beautiful one and one of the best in the city. By a matter of fact, I turned out to be very successful and rich guy, but I lacked major social skills. Also, I was extremely introverted, so much so that when I was out, I'd be invisible, or I wished to be invisible. Does that feel relatable? On a rainy night, I felt so exhausted that it seemed like I hadn't slept for a week, but still, I couldn't find sleep. I perked up as I heard a scratchy noise at the door. I stood up and ran towards it, wondering if I was getting robbed. I was stunned to see a letter laying there on the ground. Someone had slipped me a message. I took it and opened it with defiance. I read in small letters, Thank you for saving my life yesterday. Let me know what I can do to thank you. My name is Elsa, by the way. You didn't ask. Your neighbor. I didn't remember last night. I had a blackout around 11 p.m. and thought I had fallen asleep. My neighbor? I have only one neighbor on my floor. I live in a premium condominium with very few and I heard very influential people. I had never met her. I opened the door and went to my neighbor's. Knock, knock. The door opened to a small blonde woman of about 28 years old. She looked at me like I was a hero. I received a strange letter under my door. Did you get one like this by any chance? Now, I know you were courageous, but I had no idea you also had a great sense of humor. Please come in. Let me get you some tea. You look terrible. Thanks, I guess, but I still don't know where this comes from. She drug me inside and started to prepare a cup. I told her I couldn't remember anything of the events, and she had a hard time believing me. 
Apparently I was out in the middle of the night when she got bothered by a bunch of strange looking fellows. I appeared out of nowhere, like the Black Knight, and kicked everyone's ass. She almost didn't have time to see who saved her, but she somehow recognized me. She told me I didn't tell her a word and disappeared into the darkness. I asked her how she recognized me and she admitted that she had been stalking me in the past by pure curiosity of who was living next to her. She had spotted my tattoo on the back of my neck. I couldn't believe it, so it was me. I was so shocked that I had to leave her apartment, otherwise I'd go through a panic attack. I left the building and went to the closest club to unwind. As I sat there at the bar drinking some ice-cold water to try and refresh my mind, I couldn't help but to address the woman next to me. I hadn't done this in years. Hey ma'am, how are you doing tonight? Get out of my face, you loser. Actually, I wanted to let you know you have lipstick on your teeth. You may want to give it a look. She looked at me in shame and ran to the bathroom. I had a smirk on my face and was about to reach for my water when a girl on the left just sat and ordered the same water as me. So we're drink buddies tonight. Ready for a wild night? I held my water up in the sky and toasted my new friend. Right. I need to recover from last night and it's the only place that lets me cure my insomnia. By the way, what did you tell this girl that ran away from you as if you were a ghost? Oh, I told her she wasn't up to my standard, and now look at her. She's staring at us from afar with her friends. I can see that. What do you have going on that's so attractive? I was about to answer when my neighbor popped in the conversation from behind me. He's a hero. He saved my life. I was in shock to hear that, but my surprise only grew when she started depicting the mysterious events out loud in the club. The girl at the bar was now in absolute admiration over me, and my neighbor just looked jealous about us being together at the bar. Elsa sat between the two of us and turned to my water buddy. So, what else do you have going on in your life, besides your looks? Elsa, your face is too kind for such mean words. You're right. She's so perfect. She should fly in the sunshine like an angel, and eventually burn her wings. Alrighty then, I'm ahead out before this degenerates into a cat fight. Ladies, please enjoy your night without me. I headed out to the door under the upset look of the two girls when a girl screamed at me. Hey, you! I didn't have lipstick on my teeth, so you owe me an apology. For this, I'll take your name and your number. Call me Big Papa. That's how I left. I felt strange, like a new version of myself had appeared overnight since Elsa told me about the event I can't recall. I'm having a secret life, one that's hidden even from myself. I came back home and without having a time to reflect on what happened, I fell asleep from utter exhaustion. I woke up the day after at 5pm. I really needed that break. As a lot of us do, the first thing I do in my morning is to check my phone. There were messages from an unknown number. Big Papa, it was great that you came back for us at the bar yesterday. We're excited to meet you today for the coffee you promised? Attached to the message was a picture of myself surrounded with beautiful girls in a club I never recall stepping foot into. So I did it again. I stood up and knocked on Elsa's door. Elsa, open up. I need to talk right now. Elsa slowly opened the door. Hey, you scared me. What's going on? What do you mean, what's going on? What happened yesterday? Nothing. I went to sleep soon after you left the bar. Then I saw you from afar on my way back. But you didn't notice me and walked straight past at a fast rate. It seems like I went back to the club, but I was sleepwalking again. I showed her my phone with the messages and picture. She was stunned and looked amazed at me. The city's hero was out again. What if I'm also a villain? You don't look like one. She dragged me in her apartment, looked at me, and declared... I wanted to thank you. I know you have money and you don't need much, but what can I do for you? Oh, uh, thanks. Nothing really. Maybe just help me understand what's wrong with me. 
Okay, actually, I already thought about it. I'm calling my security team. They will install cameras all over your place. Also, take this. It's a tracker to keep around your wrist. It'll track your every movement and also your brainwaves. It's an advanced tech. This way, I'll be able to check in on you and see how far you're going. How do you feel? Tired. Okay, sleep on my couch. Meanwhile, my teams will install the security devices. When I woke up, I actually felt rested. Could it be that my neighbor's presence was calming me down and impeaching me to live through my sleep? I got back to my apartment, but I couldn't see cameras. Elsa told me they installed the latest tech. Surely this means micro cameras have been distributed everywhere. So my really pretty neighbor was now stalking me with several cameras. What other madness could happen? I had no idea. I was exhausted and I closed my eyes to fall asleep. A moment later, I opened them. I was on a plane. My neighbor was sitting next to me in first class. I looked at her in panic. What's going on here? Oh, so you're awake. Good morning. Turns out you didn't sleep at all. A few minutes after your bedtime, you suddenly got up and got dressed and headed out to the airport. I followed you with a cab and hopped in the same plane as you. And we are now on the way to Italy. Italy? But why? Only time will tell. Long story short, it turns out that my subconscious told me to go to Italy because my family was living there. With the help of Elsa, I was able to find my true origins. Not only that, I actually arrived in time to save my parents from being robbed by the Southern Italian Mafia. I probably saved their life this very day. Now I am living with Elsa and my family in the very southern part of Italy. Turns out my grandfather also was in the Italian mob. Therefore, I was automatically admitted inside of it. And they do want to make me the leader of it. Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the acclaimed movie, All of Us Strangers, starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Stream the new Hulu original limited series, We Were the Lucky Ones, with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. Hulu.